This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey's unbeaten start to the season continues, but in anticlimactic fashion. Referee decides that is that and the full-time whistle goes. Portsmouth have drawn 0-0 in League One for the second consecutive Saturday. That goalless draw of a second consecutive league blank for the Blues did, however, put Pompey on course for a new club record, going 16 Football League games unbeaten for the first ever time. Despite neither defence being breached, there was some action at Stevenage on Saturday. Jake Forster-Kasky and Joe Rafferty both seeing red. Everyone sliding in, no one able to win the ball, and Rafferty couldn't get away, and there's got very nasty there between Rafferty and Forster-Kasky, and the referee's going to have to step in here. A decision head coach John Messino was a bit baffled by. Both threads, I thought, looked strange and both players seemed absolutely fine. Raf said at the back end, I mean, you just get up and shake hands and they said, yeah, yeah, we're absolutely fine, no problem. And then both of them got sent off. Very, very strange. I think that the refereeing unit saw something that no one else in the ground saw. We'll assess for weekend's game and hear what the gaffer had to say between now and seven. We'll also take a look ahead to the midweek visit of Peterborough United in the Carabao Cup and hear from the England women's beach soccer team who have been talking to us a bit about their busy schedule as we reach the final few months of 2023. We've got the European Championships uh, midway through September. Uh, there's also a tournament in Neom in Saudi Arabia in October. And then we're looking to head to the World Beach Games, which is the dates at the moment haven't been confirmed. 81400 is the number to text. Make Express your first word, followed by your name and message. There's email, sport at expressfm.com is how to reach us on there. Otherwise, you can include at expressfm within your tweets. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and take advantage of the all-new ExpressFM app. So much to trawl through this evening as we take you into this Monday night edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes to this instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. So you join myself, Jake Smith, on this bank holiday Monday evening as we are scheduled to be talking about Pompey's result on Saturday. So we could have an hour or we could have five minutes because not a lot really happened, let's be honest, at the Lamex Stadium, which is a, a perfect cue for the highlights in just a few moments' time. Myself and my two guests will also come on to th- preview the first of two visits of Peterborough United to Fratton Park this week. First of all, in the Carabao Cup tomorrow evening. We'll come on to that a little later on. We'll hear the post-match thoughts of John Lucino and hear from the England Women's Beach Soccer Team, as well as Pompey and the community CEO Claire Martin. All to come between now and 7 o'clock. So... 
let's take you back to the weekend, shall we? The Lamex Stadium was the venue for match day number five of this League One season. Andy Moon was joined alongside Danny Cowley on the commentary. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And we're underway here at Broadhall Way or the Lamex Stadium. Long throw to come into the box. Looping one to the near post. Flick on by Stevenage. Danger here. Nodded down. And a great save from Norris. And it's a corner kick. Danger there. Nil-nil. And Stevenage through McDonald. will get a ball back into the box. It's a lovely cross. And Presley's put it over the bar. Chance of the game so far. Missed. Nil-nil. Stevenage have got it with Reed in the penalty area. Ogilvy slides in. Needed to. Chance comes in for Robert. Hits the post. And bounces away. And it will be a throw to Portsmouth nil nil. Everyone sliding in, no one able to win the ball, and Rafferty couldn't get away. And as it got very nasty there between Rafferty and Forster Kasky, and the referee's going to have to step in here. Rafferty has been sent off, and Forster Kasky have been sent off. Wow. Well, I think it was a punch from Rafferty and a kick from Forster Kasky, and the referee has deemed both to be violent conduct. And both sides are down to 10 men. Morel, nice cross. Swanson trying to get in there. Good defending. Good defending from Piergiani. Referee decides that is that. And the full-time whistle goes here at Broadhall Way. Portsmouth have drawn 0-0 in League One for the second consecutive Saturday. And they have now gone 16 games unbeaten in the Football League for the first time in their history. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Well, there you have then the highlights from Saturday afternoon's board draw between Pompey and Stevenage at the Lamex Stadium. The second consecutive time the Blues have been held for a goalless draw in League One this season. Let's take a look through the other results from across the division at the weekend then. Bristol Rovers defeated by two goals to one at home to Wickham Wanderers. Bolton held to a one-all draw away at Burton Albion. It was Cheltenham nil, Northampton Town 1. Exeter City 2, Reading 1, Late Limbs at St James's Park. There, Fleetwood Town 0, Shrewsbury 1, Leighton Orient 2, Cambridge United 0, Lincoln City 3, Blackpool 0, Oxford United 2, Charlton Athletic 1, Peter United 2, Derby County 4, Port Vale 1, Carlisle United 0, and Wigan Athletic 0, Barnsley 2, Pompey and Stevenage, the only goalless game in League 1 at the weekend, uh, leaving the table looking like this. Oxford United are the new league leaders. They have 12 points on the board after four wins and a defeat. Exeter City uh, join them in the automatic promotion spots as things stand in second, with Bolton Wanderers, Lincoln, Stevenage and Port Vale also sharing 10 points in third, fourth, fifth and sixth respectively. Pompey dropped out of the playoff places. They are now in seventh position with nine points on the board after their opening five matches of a new League One season. Down at the bottom, Cheltenham Town rock bottom with zero wins this season alongside Fleetwood, Burton and Carlisle United. Wigan Athletic, who were docked, of course, eight points at the start of the campaign. They tasted defeat for the first time of the weekend, but still remain outside of the drop zone. They have two points on the board, of course, despite three wins, one draw and one defeat with that eight-point deduction. That defeat for them to Barnsley on Saturday means that Pompey are the only side in League One unbeaten so far this season. So it's not all doom and gloom, is it, Pompey fans? Or is it? 
Mr. Jeff Harris, pleasure to have you on the show this evening, my friend. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm all the better for seeing your wonderful face, <laughs> Mr. Harris. I'm sure there's many that wouldn't say that. Look, Saturday, let's get straight into it. Nil-nil with Stevenage. You're not going to remember that for a, for any period of time, are you? That's one to forget straight away. Not for the right reasons. It, it says it all when uh, Will Norris is selected as the goalkeeper for Team of the Week. Um, like I said, that you know, defensively solid, and and we've been defensively solid. I think since Messino's come in, he's he's shored that up at the back. But offensively, I, I don't know what it is with managers coming in and saying we're going to play fast attack, front footed attacking football. Because every time they say that, we just don't seem to see it. Alongside Jeff Harris this evening, we have Mr. Barry Clements from the 1898 blog. Barry, good evening to you, sir. And uh, yeah, I can't also see Jeff Harris's beautiful face, to be honest. <laughs> no worries. That was the plan. But um, I think you realised it was Jeff, wasn't it? And then you thought, now I'm going I'm to do this from home this evening. Is that right? That's what it was. That's yeah, what it was. 100%. Yeah. Um, Barry, so look, goal is drawn with Stevenage on Saturday. It, it, it was a, a pretty boring affair at Blamick Stadium. Not really much to shout about. Um, as opposed to the, the Tuesday night game against Fulham under 21s in the Papa John's Trophy, ended 3 3. Pompey winning that one on penalties and had 30 shots in the match. Where did it all go wrong on Saturday for the Blues? Back to their, or back to John Bacino's preferred starting eleven in the league, essentially their strongest outfit with what they've got available. And for the second game running, they, they couldn't they couldn't hit Barnes or the banjo. That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's tough to know what the what the real issue is. I mean, we we didn't really create any you know real big chances did we i mean we had we had a fair few shots but not not many of them exactly going on target or, or creating a whole lot so yeah it's a it's, it's a tough one um again really good that we're tough to beat and as you say you know unbeaten for as long as we have been and i think we've only conceded once in the league at this mm. point so you know defensively fantastic but we're just lacking that little bit of flair um going forward at the moment which is which is frustrating, but hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully something that we can fix sooner rather than later. A genuine cause for concern, Jeff. Five games into the season, the only side unbeaten in the league. Of course, only a couple of points off the top of the table. That's how it happens at the start of a campaign. But Pompey do look like a very tough team to beat. Is that going to get them over the line this season? Do you think? Probably not. No. Look, the old, it's a cliche, but the old cliche is, you know, win your home games, draw your away games, and, and you'll be up in the mix. Unfortunately, we seem to be drawing too many games at home. Now, like I said, look, you know, we're defensively we're solid and, and sound. Um, we just need to turn this possession that we have into into more clear-cut chances. If you look at the stats on stats for Saturday, we had one clear-cut chance out of the whole 90 odd minutes or 111 minutes um if you include the added time on but that's that's and you look at the pass ratio i think it's up in the the high 500s again you can have all the possession based football of, as you want but unless you do something with it in the offensive third it means little yeah um, we mentioned uh, in the intro to tonight's show barry that pompey have set a new club record 16 league games unbeaten for the first time in the football club's history. Um, first of all, Barry, it, it, it's something to be proud of. It, it's a new club record, and that's something that John Messino has come in to, to, to change with the side, being a very difficult side to beat. However, when you do break it down, 16 games unbeaten, 
only six of those have actually been victories with the other 10 being draws uh, three of course this season and seven stalemates towards the end of last season with four victories included so it's not the most glamorous of unbeaten runs is it barry no it's the it's the least memorable unbeaten run of all time i think um yeah it's 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 not it's not glamorous it's not fun it's not fun to watch at the moment um but yeah like you say i don't i don't think it's all i don't think it's all doom and gloom it's it's great that we've that we've been able to put a run like this together and that we aren't <laughs> that we aren't losing games that's that's obviously a positive but you know if you look at this season in isolation we've scored what four uh, six goals four of which came in in that one win at, at Leighton orient so yeah i mean just put the ball in the back of the net that's like clearly <laughs> clearly you can defend <laughs> Let's uh, score a couple of goals and chances are we're going to be winning yeah. more games. It's easier said than done. Um, well, but you, you've got a very valid point. Um, if anything, it's got to get Pompey through this season. We mentioned it sort of already, Jeff, but it, it will be that defence. And having Will Norris in the team of the week in League One this season, Regan Poole again, um, sort of making himself known to the Pompey fans with his quality. Um, whatever happens this campaign, I think it's clear to see from the very get-go that the defence is going to play a, a massive part. Whether that's getting into the playoffs by a point or two, whether it's getting automatic promotion by a point or two, it looks likely that it's going to be very much down to that back four and the man between the sticks. And it, look, it, it it will do, and and the keeper, you know, Will Norris and, and whoever's playing in the back four, um, have given the rest of the team the foundation and the building blocks to go forward and to win games. In any any level of football, you have to be defensively solid. And your first principle of, of football and coaching is to defend your goal, not to concede. If you don't concede, you can go down the other end and, and score a goal. What what I don't want to say worry, because it's not a worry five games into the season, but it can, it can turn into a worry quite quickly if we're having this conversation 10, 12, 13 games into the season is we turn it over at the back, we can play it around at the back, but we get to that, those midfield pivots and then and then we kind of lose what we want to do there's no movement or we're too one dimensional I, I, I like my wingers to be direct and I like my wingers to come in, come in off the line, but they just don't know what to they're doing there's there's no kind of what is our intact intent if you've got a, a, a midfield uh, double pivot and you've got a solid back four just tell the offensive players go and attack go, go forwards don't worry about coming back because we know we're defensively solid yeah. just just get in those advanced positions stay up there try and keep their full backs back and therefore the gaps in midfield will 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 happen and, and you'll be able to create at the moment we're not creating and i think that's down just down to the new players that have come in um having said that i i, I still expect more from the likes of white and scully who, who are in this team yeah um let's get to the big talking point from or the only talking point from saturday to be honest barry um the, the red card or both red cards rather um in that match at the lamech stadium it came in the second half 10 minutes after the restart um a tangle between joe rafferty jake forster kasky um what was your assessment of sort of everything we saw unfold there because Yes, both players have gone in a bit recklessly. Do you think that the the decision to dismiss both players from the referee has been uh, uh, sort of an, an outcome of what happened after that? 
Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? I mean, fair play to Rafferty and, and Forstakowski for trying to inject something into the game and actually give it a talking point so that we don't have to, yeah. you know, talk about nothing for an hour. But, um, yeah, I th- it, it's an odd one because when you watch it back, it doesn't really look like there's much in it. I mean, both both players have obviously lunged a bit, but, you know, both are, both are laughing and smiling at the end of it. Both are absolutely fine. I, I, I don't see it as, as a red for either player, to be honest. I mean, if anything, from from where I was sat, I think it's a I think it's a talking to and move on. Um, maybe a booking at the absolute worst because of because of how hard they went in. But yeah, I mean, the, the the decision to send both players off, in my opinion, was just massively over the top. I'd have to agree. Um, look, I, I was unfortunate enough not to be at the game on Saturday, Jeff. So I don't think I can personally. Form a 100% valid opinion on it, having only been able to see replays. I think you saw a bit more than perhaps we had done. Yeah, there was a clear punch by Rafferty mm. and Forster. Um, Forster Kasky. Kasky. After it's not the initial tackle. Yeah. The initial tackle was a 50-50. They both gone in for it. The red cards of what happened on the floor afterwards. And and Tom from Four Nil has put a great video up. You can clearly see Rafferty dig him in in the ribs and Kasky re- retaliate. That's why he got sent off. Moment of stupidity, really. From, it is from, 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 it, from it, two very it is, but, players. You know when the camera zooms in on them again, they're both laughing about it. Yeah. And and why do it? <laughs> why? Yeah, it's a moment of madness. And you know, okay, if, if you've if you're you're on the floor, you having a bit of a wrestling match, and it it's a bit narky and you just throw a dig is it is, is it look, any punch or any attempt to, to to hit a player as a red card in the laws yeah. of the game especially this season <laughs> yeah there's zero tolerance but look you know someone was going to get a red card and it happened to be both of them um on that uh, our friend and colleague from bbc radio Solon andy moon spoke to john messino earlier today at the training ground um who said the club did not appeal joe rafferty's red card in the end as we couldn't find a clear angle of the incident to submit as evidence <laughs> you mean you mean a video without a punch in it <laughs> They've not been watching four 0 written over it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's the end of that one. And uh, after the break, myself, Jeff, and Barry will be right back to continue our assessment of Saturday. We're going to come on to talk about who's going to potentially replace Joe Rafferty at right back. I think there's only really one answer to that, but we'll talk about it anyway. And we'll also hear the post-match assessment of that man there, John Messino, who talks about the response to going down to ten men. We changed formation, first of all, it was one of those where we decided to adapt with the players that we had on the pitch and the game became a bit more open and we wanted to and, you know, try and exploit certain sort of weaknesses in, in the way that, that Stevenage was set up. So do join the three of us in just a few moments' time for part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, sponsored by Stagecoach Across the South. For more information, head to stagecoachbus.com. 
Com. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Jeff Harris and Barry Clements on this Monday night edition of the show, where so far we've gone through uh, the, the key talking point from Saturday's 0-0 draw between Pompey and Stevenage. And we've also um, sort of teased up what we're going to have later in the show. We're going to come on to preview the first of two visits of Peterborough United to PO4 this week. And we'll also hear from the guys and girls of the beach soccer team for the Lionesses and also Claire Martin of Pompey in the community as well. We've had some interaction already so far tonight, so thank you to both Linda and Dave. We'll start off with an email from Linda Mel, who says, well, deja vu, deja vu with the result on Saturday and a Another injury to a match official. Okay, we didn't lose, but it was another two points dropped. It is early in the season, but these lost points could be crucial to a promotion challenge at the end of the campaign. We've now lost six points with three draws. Bishop is struggling at the moment, so he needs someone to help him out a bit. So maybe playing two up front may help him and help us start winning games. Stating the obvious, we need to turn draws into wins. Perhaps the league for our next match, they need to have a a reserve team of match officials just in case. Play at Pompey. Linda on the emails. Thank you very much. And Dave Byrne, who's got in touch saying, in a world where things are changing all the time, Pompey appeared to be bucking that trend. And it's very much same old same old at PO4. Nine points from Yorgos fixtures isn't good enough. And if we limp through to January in this way, then yet another season could well be written off. Let's not mention the unbeaten record anymore as it means very little. A season without defeat could, in theory, leave a team with 46 points and possibly even relegated. Not a record that I would want Pompey to own. September will now provide a far sterner test for the team and the missing goal threat needs to be solved and quickly. As Peterborough next and back-to-back fixtures against the same opposition rarely produce the same outcome. We could and should win both, but victory tomorrow will make me more nervous about the result in the league league fixture on Saturday. I'll go for a draw at 90 minutes in the cup game, play at Pompey. Dave, thank you very much for getting in touch tonight. Um, I'm going to bring Barry into the conversation for um, a comment made by Linda on the emails there. And, 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 you know, very valid points raised there and and certainly cause for concern when it comes to dropping points, even at this early stage, Barry, could be costly at the end of the campaign if you are just a sniff away from where you want to be. Um, But the real key thing is that Bishop is maybe struggling up top. We saw him opening a couple of games, not get on the score sheet. Cassini Yengi had been fantastic coming into the side now he's injured Bishop had got onto the score sheet two you know sort of twice in, in two successive games but over the last couple of matches dried up but do you think that maybe he's not quite getting the support that a player like Colby Bishop needs or do you think he needs to do more to his game yeah I think it's probably I think it's probably a little bit of both um you know Bishop clearly knows where the back of the net is last season proved that and he's he, you know he's not a, he's not like he's a different player um but yeah, I think he does need a little bit more help and maybe needs to adapt his game a little bit. He's winning a lot of flick-ons at the moment um, from from long balls that aren't that aren't really going anywhere at the moment. Um, but I really think when Alex Robertson is is brought in properly and you know he is fully fully match fit, um, I think that will I think that will make a difference. You know, he's he's clearly a very talented and very very creative player, which we've seen you know when he when he has played. But I think he's only actually done ninety minutes for us once so far, um, and obviously came in very very late in the window. So I think once he's up to speed and and becoming a first team regular, I do think that's going to help um, because I think he he is you know a fantastically creative player that's going to that's going to be massive for us. But you know it is it is a very valid point. You know it's it's like Ryan says on on the uh, incredible podcast that you guys do, um, Jeff. 
points points mean exactly the same at this stage of the season as they do, you know, at the end of the season. So it's, it, it is crucial that we start turning those draws into wins as soon as we possibly can. What podcast? Well, I'll have to take this. <laughs> um, Linda and, and both Dave both highlight it within their respective emails. Jeff, um, the fact that August hasn't quite gone as to plan as Pompey would have hoped. When you look at it on paper, the fixture list August had provided a an easier on, on paper test if you want to use the quote marks for that you can um, for, for Pompey um, haven't really necessarily taken advantage of that when you look into September Peterborough of course on Saturday this Saturday on the 2nd Barnsley the trip's been moved from the 9th of September now to Tuesday the 19th just 10 days later before that you've got Derby County away um, on the 16th so yes two away days now in the space of three days Derby and Barnsley Lincoln at home the following Saturday and then Wigan Athletic uh, away at the DW Stadium to end September very very tough run of fixtures and you, you kind of would have hoped that the Blues would have gone into that month with a bit more of a cushion now you, you look at the table and yes Wigan with their points deduction they're down there Derby County are in 8th position they've lost 2 games already this season Peterborough 10th Barnsley are down in 12th 2 wins 2 draws and a, 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 1 draw and 2 defeats so whilst it will be a tough test these other teams haven't exactly had a great start to the season themselves so what's to say Pompey won't go out there and actually have a really positive month no you're right but those teams will be looking at Portsmouth coming up and going that's an easy fixture Mm-hmm. That's the difference. We we look at it and go, that's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough run of games in 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 September. These teams will see Portsmouth in the mix and not necessarily, including their fan base, not necessarily see Portsmouth as a at the moment uh, a, 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 an equal, a contender. Um, my fear again is we seem to have a really good start and then we have a slump round about October, November. Now I said, I said, funnily enough, I said on the last episode of the podcast, I said, I think it's because everyone's in kind of in the same boat, and then they find their groove, and we're we're still trying to find our groove in come October, you know, September, October, we're still trying to find it, and that kind of carries over into November. Now you look at those September fixtures, and it is a tough run of games. Yep. No bones about it, it is a tough run of games. If if we can get seven points out of those five games that would be that would be a good return and results um and that draws against those teams you can kind of accept go okay yeah. they're they're good sides and you can accept those draws draws like we saw on on saturday now steve evans is you know that they, they got promoted last season they, he's brought in some really good experienced league one league one players there but they're the type type of teams you should be beating. It doesn't matter if you beat one nil, two nil. You know, as as Barry just said, you know, Ryan always says three points now is the same as three points come the end of the season. Um, and and I'd rather be winning one nil at the moment than nil nil draws. Yeah, Marlon Pack said something similar, didn't he, to um, to the ports of news about he'd rather be losing a couple more games if it meant winning more games. And yeah. and, and obviously statistically, yes, but you'd get more points that way. Um, right, we're going to get more from Jeff and Barry in just a moment, but let's now hear from the head coach himself, John Messino. He spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday. Yeah, pretty scrappy game, a really difficult one to, to sum up and assess, I think, because of the, the amount of sort of bizarre things that happened this afternoon again and sort of dominated by the lack of or, or not dominated by what we saw in terms of in terms of football um, so yeah really really difficult one I think to, to sum up with all of the, um, the stoppages and, and the referee changing again and yeah we'll have to I 
think dust ourselves off, have a look at it. Uh, when you're in the moment with the emotion of everything, we'll, we'll have to take a, a good look at that tonight and tomorrow and, and see what we land on Monday morning. The red card looked a bizarre one from up there. How did you view it from your perspective? Yeah, both reds, I thought, looked strange. And uh, it seemed that they you know, they went into the initial challenge. I thought it was initially a poor challenge from the Stevenage player. Uh, I thought it looked like it was two-footed from where we were. And then both players seemed to be absolutely fine. Raf said at the back end, we just get up and shake hands. And they said, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely fine, no problem. And then both of them got sent off. Very, very strange. I think that um, the... The refereeing unit saw something that no one else in the ground saw. Um, and yeah, that changed the, the fabric of the game, both sides playing with 10 men. It made it um, slightly more open and, and a bit strange tactically, but yeah, a really weird one, I thought. You brought in Jack and Abu on the wings today. Did they give you what you'd, you'd hoped for ahead of the game? Yeah, I think they did. You know, um, both of them, um, Jack with his first league start coming into a you know a really tough place to play and playing slightly out of position um, I thought he really provided us with some um, some good moments and, and Abu probably was one of our most effective players especially in the first half he looked really threatening um, he had our best chance of the of the game in the first half obviously he didn't put the ball in the back of the net but you know really promising I think he just tired towards the end having played 90 minutes on, on Tuesday and it's a big part of his, his development and part of his learning to try and go back to back with uh, with those 90 minutes but, but overall very pleased with him How did the approach change to the game obviously once the sendings happened we changed formation first of all it was one of those where we decided to adapt with the players that we had on the pitch and the game became a bit more open and um, we wanted to and you know try and exploit certain sort of weaknesses in, in the way that the Stevenage was set up and yeah uh, unfortunately we didn't I, we did in terms of creating opportunities we had some really good uh, sort of chances to either cross the ball or, or shoot towards the back end of the game and yeah we didn't quite take advantage of that. the one that really sticks out in my mind was where you know, Zach Swanson gets to the byline with a cutback and, and we managed to find a Stevenish player so those are yeah small little moments that made the difference They added time at the end 11 minutes obviously another injury to the official today what would your message to the players be sort of moving forward obviously in that you feel like such a short space to, to get that winner when actually there's sort of 10 plus minutes yeah a bit of patience I suppose but also um, you know, not to contradict myself, patience mixed with urgency to actually go and get the goal. We haven't got forever to score goals. We need to um, be better at that, obviously, not only scored in the last two games. And uh, the, the, most, the, the most difficult thing is that the, the time's being added on at the back end of the games, which is absolutely fine, but all of the stoppages then kill the momentum of the game. And I tried to make the point to the fourth official in the, in the first half is that their goalkeeper goes down. Um, you know, I won't say what I thought it was, it was for, but their backup goalkeeper decides not to get warm. So, uh, you know sort of ask the fourth the question what do you think about that what do you think when, when that happens you tell me what's going on here can we manage games better can we see the, the ball on the pitch for a lot more um, in the 90 minutes and, I, and I, obviously we didn't today and that was slightly disappointing so yeah the time's getting added on but I think the momentum of the game really gets, um, really gets killed it must be sort of mixed emotions for you. Obviously, it's another clean sheet and another clean sheet for, for Will in the back line but again another nil-nil where we've sort of failed to score yeah mixed emotions definitely but overall disappointment I think in terms of not being able to go and take advantage of, of some of the chances that we created um, or the areas that we got into I think that was the that was the thing because we did all the you know the, the ugly side of it we I think we defended really well um, it's set piece after set piece after long throw the ball coming in the box um, and Steve Nidger are a good side they, they do that and they do it really well and 
Um, you know, sides are going to struggle against that this year, so that was the first thing we needed to, to, to step up to the plate and deal with. Unfortunately, we, we then need a bit more quality on the back end of it, and in a few of those moments, we just didn't show it. Head coach John Musino speaking after his side's goalless draw with Stevenage at the weekend. The next take on Peterborough United in the Carabao Cup, a game the three of us here will be coming on to preview in just a few moments' time. But now we're going to head back to uh, what was a fantastic weekend over on Southsea Common for the Victorious Festival. And I was very delighted to be joined alongside uh, some of the players for the England uh, women's beach soccer team. We also caught up uh, with their coach, Steve, as well. So we're going to hear a few of those interviews now. What a fantastic, fantastic event they held. So we're joined alongside Katie, Anna and Sarah from the England uh, Beach Soccer fo- uh, Football Team, Soccer Football. Not sure of which is the correct terminology, but great to see you here um, this weekend for the Victorious Festival. Um, just how great is it to be at such an event and, and to, to really promote what you guys do? Yeah, it's uh, great to be part of the event this weekend. Um, Victorious Festival have given us lots of support this year. Um, we've reached our goals of going to lots of different tournaments. Um, we regularly train down here on the sand courts and in around Portsmouth, and we've got a lot of players uh, that are local to this area. So it's really great to be part of something, uh, give back a little bit to the community as well. So uh, we're running lots of different sessions today with some of the some kids. Um, so yeah, it's really good to be part of it. Good to enjoy the music as well. What's coming up for the team, kind of like tournament-wise, fixture-wise? What's coming up? Yes, we've got the European Championships uh, midway through September. Uh, There's also a tournament in Neom in Saudi Arabia in October. And then we're looking to head to the World Beach Games, which is the dates at the moment haven't been confirmed. Sure. And uh, in terms of acts this weekend, which are you most looking forward to? Uh, There's a couple. Um, Looking forward to Jake Bug today. I think Mumford and Sons are going to be absolutely amazing on Sunday as well. but yeah, I think there's a bright lineup, so I'll be popping into as much music as I can, really. I'm heading to the food court. Paul yeah. <laughs> Marshall now taking his second penalty. He's looking warmed and ready. He shoots. Oh, an absolute disaster. He was trying the Brazilian chip. I think what he's done is he's put his hip out. It was a shocking penalty. If we do have an Express FM five-a-side football team, Paul Marsh will certainly wouldn't even make the bench. Appalling. Now it's Jake. He's one. He's seen where he's going wrong last time. Oh, he scuffed it, and an excellent save there from the wonderful Hannah. I don't think they could have embarrassed themselves more, unless he'd have worn a red and white stripy shirt. But they're getting ready for another one. Three out of three. We've scored none, and we've hit the bar. So Paul Marsh is just getting ready again for one more try. They're just trying to uh, work out. They're actually getting coached about how to take better penalties. Um, I don't think it's going to work, but next up is Paul Marsh. Here he goes. He's warming up. Here he goes. Bang. Oh, that's ended up in Cosham High Street. Shocking. We've got one more penalty now from Jake. I actually feel sorry for him that they've had to go through. Jake is excellent, says Paul Marsh, at commentating on football. Perhaps not taking part. It's our last penalty from Jake. This could be we're going for six penalties and they haven't scored one yet. Here comes Jake. He's warming up. He's looking good. Here comes the big cook. Oh, he's missed everything and hit a car in the car park five and a half miles away. So it was that close. Well, we just had a bit of a go at the beach soccer. We're here now with um, with Steve. Uh, Steve, not the greatest of penalties from myself and Marshy back then, but. Um, we're not too bad, are we? Not too bad. It is hard on the sand. Uh, 
you just got to watch that standing foot and don't lean back because as you found out if you lean back and you lose your standing foot the balls are going over the crossbar I could have done with that <laughs> advice before the penalties I won't, I won't lie to you um, yeah so a, a great initiative we've got going obviously the England we, we, we spoke about it already um, off air but some fantastic opportunities for the team coming up in the future to, to go up against some really quality nations in these tournaments they got coming up yeah I'm going to Sardinia next uh, next month and that's for the European uh, European League so some some great teams there all the top teams uh, and then the following month uh, we're looking to go to Saudi Arabia as well if that all fall, it all comes through um, so yeah we've already been to Mexico this year so we're touring all around the world playing top teams and in between the sticks Hannah Horton uh, a Pompey perspective as well she plays in goal for the Ports of Women's team it must be difficult for her to balance that life into this one as well yeah it is there is a little bit of a crossover sometimes between the beach soccer and, the, and on the sand as well with Portsmouth but um, yeah she we're lucky that her manager is quite understanding she can't always come away because sometimes she has to put Pompey first but um, yeah she, she does what she can and, and she's a, an excellent keeper for both on the grass and on the sand and as it's a Friday afternoon there may be some people at work at home listening to the show this afternoon who are on their way to Victorious over the rest of the weekend Saturday and Sunday for those who want to come and have a watch if they've got kids involved they want to have a little bit of a kick about where can they find you here at Victorious yeah so we're opposite the D-Day Museum opposite that, that massive D-Day boat which is there so you can't miss us on, on the sand courts and uh, we're here from 11 till 5 and there's different age groups if you take a look on the Victorious app you'll be able to see the re- relevant age groups for your children uh, you're here from 11 to 5 and then from 4 to 5 we're doing a little bit of exhibition with the with the girls and then um, there'll be a little bit of a meet and greet for people to meet the players as well Steve thank you very much and on behalf of Express FM we owe you some new balls <laughs> thank you very much yeah big thank you to Steve and his team best of luck in the upcoming uh, European Championships for the England women's beach soccer side and you haven't seen the uh, penalty shootout between myself and Paul Marshall already then do not head over to the Express FM Facebook page because um, they are horrific um, but I will stand up for myself it's very difficult to play on sand because you, 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 your planted foot gets buried in the sand and it's just I'm, yeah it's excuses it's excuses but they're poor penalties um, but yeah please don't check them out they're not very good uh, I also spoke to Pompey in community CEO Claire Martin at Victoria's Super Weekend and had a fantastic conversation with her and also managed to sign ourselves up for something. Jake Smith live from Victoria's on this Sunday afternoon, glorious Sunday afternoon with Pompey in the community's Claire Martin. Claire, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jake. So what, what are we doing here this weekend then, Claire? I've been sort of seeing you out and about. We've got the penalty shootout there as well. We've got a, a replica trophy as well and the, the Pompey kits on display. What's been going on? Have you gathered a lot of interest? Yeah, I mean, there's been a queue since we opened and, uh, you know, we sort of have to let it down at the end of the day. People just love it. We've also got the Portsmouth History Society today with us talking about the FA Cup and all the projects they're running. So, yeah, it's just busy. It's just nice to be out and about. And, um, you know, um, it's a good chance to chat to people, especially as we're in the kids' zone with a lot of the other local charities. And obviously, Pompey in the community is something that's been prominent in the community for plenty of years now. Have you come across a lot of, or, or many people this weekend that may be from outside of a city but don't quite know what Pompey in the community do? Have there been new faces as opposed to sort of people who know exactly what we do already? Yeah, it's a whole mixture. I think there's a lot of people who sort of come up and say, oh, we've emailed and you've helped us out with this or whatever, and it's lovely to finally meet you. And people, you know, from all over the country that have just come and they're quite fascinated by the FA Cup because I don't think there's many clubs with a replica of that size where they can feel that they've actually touched the real thing even though it's not quite. Yeah. 
And uh, you mentioned there that you know people have mentioned the fact that you've helped them out, but I understand you're looking for people to perhaps help you guys out in the next sort of couple of coming weeks and months as well. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, there's two things really. First is the Great South Run. Uh, we've been given some places for that, so we're going to run a, a Pompey team. So that for that you'll get a running T-shirt, a free goodie bag. Nelson's doing it too. So if you fancy taking part, it won't cost you a penny. We ask you to pledge to raise £100 or so for Pompey in the community. But it's more about building the interest, having a whole Pompey team out there. So, yeah, if you'd like to take part, get in there quick because those places will be snapped up. Uh, the other thing is we're building, um, obviously, the new facility. And um, that's the John Jenkins Stadium. We're at the paint of, of painting. So just to help us out, we're looking for some volunteers, people who maybe, you know, um, know how to paint. But just to do the changing rooms and the gym, um, that's probably going to be the week beginning September 4th. So if you'd like to get involved in either of those things, if you send an email to info at pompeyitc.org.uk, we'll get back to you with some further details. But yeah, the painting will really help because we're so nearly there. We're hoping we're going to be on those pitches in uh, mid-October. So if all goes to plan, we'll be kicking balls there then. You mentioned a great self-run. I mentioned this in the interview. We could put ourselves up for that, I reckon. Get some of the Express FM team down. We could broadcast that. I reckon we could get quite a bit of um, traction on air. What do you reckon? I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I'd love to see you in your shorts, Jake. We'll, we'll nominate myself and I'll, get, I'll, I'll drag someone else into it as well. We'll do that. I think we'll, we'll collaborate and I think we'll get the word out on air uh, and we'll get, that, we'll get that all sorted, I think. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah that'd be lovely. In regards to just finally, Claire, the football itself, yesterday, I was, I was speaking on a Sunday afternoon, Pompey nil, Stevenage nil. I think the less said about that one, the better, eh? Well, we were following it from here. Um, not that there was many goals or anything to follow, really. So, yeah, it was it was a bit disappointing. But as I say, I, I didn't see it. I didn't listen. We were just sort of keeping up to date on Twitter. So, um, yeah, here's to Tuesday. Thank you very much to Claire Martin. And a big thank you for signing us up to the Great South Run. Although I did sort of put my foot, my foot, my foot in into that, didn't I? Uh, who should we get signed up to that as well? well I've sort of nominated one of our Express colleagues. We'll have to uh, dip into the pool and find out who's, uh, who's brave enough to do that with us. Um, been promising to do it for a few years. But yeah, all for a fantastic cause to help Pompey in the community. That is actually six weeks away. So I better get to the gym. Um, right, yeah. Thank you very much to Claire Martin and to the uh, England Women's Beach Soccer Team as well. Right, more from Jeff and Barry as well as myself in just a few moments time we're going to preview Pompey's Carabao Cup second round tie with Peterborough United when the football hour returns don't go anywhere this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM we know entertaining the kids can be tricky at the best of times that's why Stagecoach is here to help during the school holidays up to four people maximum of two adults can travel with our Portsmouth group day rider for just five pounds So that's your travel sorted. Now you just need to decide what to do when you get there. Special offer tickets are only available from the driver. Cash and contactless payments accepted. Leave the car at home and enjoy a day out by bus. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Footblower here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, supporting the Footblower yet again this season. 81400 is our number to text this evening. Pompey fans, start your messages with the word Express. You can tweet at Express FM, uh, email sport at expressfm.com, visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or download and get in touch via the new Express FM app via Apple or Android, depending on what you've got. 
obviously. Alan Swift on the email also got in touch saying, Hi lads, no goals, no wins, no promotion. Same old draws routine. Slam. <laughs> Southie. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Alan. Uh, and a text here also um, from Mr. Board Senseless. Who questions, do the owners actually want promotion? Surely any owner can see we need more options up front to cover the injuries and to hive more variety in the front third of the pitch to actually score goals. Do they want us to go up or are they quite happy to remain in the third tier? More fans will be asking this question after their comments about extra signings during the week. That is from Mr. Board Senseless. Thank you very much to Mr. Board Senseless. Um, Jeff, your thoughts on that comment? Look, we, we, we sort of expressed our concerns earlier in the show. Absolutely. Um, certainly going forward. Is it a case of people not wanting promotion? Is there a conspiracy around the club at the moment? I or? don't necessarily subscribe <laughs> to that, that theory. Um, I, I just I just think the attacking players aren't firing them on enough cylinders at the moment. Five games in, still unbeaten. It's yeah. Like I said, we'll if, if, if we're having this conversation <laughs> yeah. 10, 13, 14 games into the season, then I'll be worried. And, and of course, the transfer window's not even over yet. It ends on Friday, Friday night. And of course, for us, still was strong. Tino and Joran Lintz that apparently has ramped up over the last couple of days that would be a massively influential signing in, a, in an attacking sense at least from the it midfield would be, but that, that like I said the other day on, again on, on the podcast that that what does that say to the other players that were already in the central midfield areas I know predominantly he's, he's an attacking midfielder um, and he can push play on the left but what does that say to, to the ones that were already in the building? So in regards to the comment from Mr. Board Sentence <coughs> on the text, would you say that actually the squad that has been assembled, whether it's, you know, we don't care about the money that's been spent because we'll take a look at Derby, Peterborough, they've not spent a lot of money either. They're also doing things quite cleverly in getting you know, relatively cheap players in, whether it's on loans or, or free agents. But do you think that in regards to the actual squad that John Messina's got at his disposal, it's more of a case of, maybe how they're being coached or how, or the kind of form they're in as opposed to the ambition from the top. I, I think, yeah, I think it's more to do with form than the minutes of football played last season. Look, this is John Messino's squad. He, he, Him and Rich Hughes got rid of 10 players in the summer. Um, you know, they kept the players that, that were already on uh, contracts, existing contracts. They could have easily tried and ship, shipped them out. This, this make no bones about it. This is John Messino's squad. These are the players that he wanted. So any failings in the attacking third, or you know, throughout the whole of the pitch, but predominantly at the moment, attacking third, are on the coaching staff. Hmm. Peterborough United then next up uh, in the Carabao Cup. The, the first of two visits, the posh mate to Fratton Park this week. Barry, um, a, a good <coughs> test for John Messino, of course, and for Darren Ferguson to really um, test for waters and see what the other side's about. But we've been hearing today that actually. I think both teams are likely to make wholesale changes for tomorrow's cup game. Do you think that's a case of sort of both managers not wanting to, to, to sort of play all of their cards and leave Saturday's sort of more important league match a little bit more under wraps? Yeah, absolutely. We, we all know that 
you know neither side's gonna gonna win the league cup so um it's absolutely a good excuse to to make that rotation give minutes to your fringe players personally i'd like to see a very similar side to the one that we uh that we had in the last round for forest green rovers obviously you know where, where we can obviously with yengi being injured but yeah you know get get the fringe players in for for the game that is less important whoever wins fine good for you um but you know saturday is 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 far far more important for both sides i think i'm going to clip that soundbite up barry and if peterborough do beat us at the carabao cup tomorrow it's just going to be opening up a football hour on friday with fine good for you See yeah, you on by saturday. all means yeah clip it up <laughs> <laughs> cheers barry thank you very much to jeff as well final thoughts from those two in just a few moments time but now a closer look at tomorrow's opponents peterborough united with a pre-recorded me Match day five ended goalless at Stevenage as neither side could find the back of the net. Now heading back to PO4, the Blues take on Peterborough United for the second round of the Carabao Cup. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. With Joe Rafferty out of the starting 11 due to suspension, John Messino will need to make some changes for the side that take on the posh for their first outing to Thrasson Park this season and the first of two encounters between the two sides this week alone. Manager. 51-year-old Darren Ferguson is at the helm for what is his fourth stint as manager of the club. As a player, Ferguson was managed at Manchester United by his father, Sir Alex Ferguson. He won a Premier League title and the FA Charity Shield before spending most of his playing career at Wolverhampton Wanderers and Wrexham in the lower divisions. The Scotsman's first managerial appointment was as player-manager of Peterborough United in January 2007, when the club were in League Two. After two successive promotions and guiding the club to the second tier of English football for the first time in 17 years, Ferguson was relieved of his duties in November 2009 with a posh at the foot of the championship. He moved on to manage Preston North End before returning to London Road in 2011, where he took the club to win promotion to the championship again. Ferguson was appointed manager of League One side Doncaster Rovers in 2015 before being reappointed for the third time to manage Peterborough. He again took the side to the championship. After resigning in 2022, Ferguson returned for the fourth stint as manager of the contract until the end of last season, with the club sitting eighth in League One. After losing on penalties and playoffs against Sheffield Wednesday at the end of the last campaign, Ferguson signed a new three-year contract. One to watch. Our one to watch is midfielder Archie Collins, who wears the number 27 shirt. Collins began his career with Exeter City, turning professional in April 2017. He joined Western Supermare on loan in 2017 and made eight league appearances, scoring one goal, before joining Dorchester Town on loan in December of the same year, where he then got went on to score two goals in 14 league appearances. After making his debut for Exeter City in 2017 in the Football League Cup, Collins had plenty of clubs chasing his signature in the summer of this year and despite offers from the Championship, he committed his future to Peterborough United by signing a three-year contract. Collins is an all-action central midfield player who has been described as a versatile player who can play up front as well. Just behind the striker too, wide right, wide left or in central midfield. Top scorer. Peterborough actually have two top goal scorers so far this campaign. Hector Kiprianu and Kwame Poku have both scored two league goals and three goals in cup matches. Kiprianu joined Peterborough in the summer of 2022 for an undisclosed fee on a three-year contract. He scored his first Football League goal and his first for Peterborough in a 3-0 win against Morecambe. Poku signed a four-year contract in August of 2021 after moving on from his previous side, Colchester United, 
He scored his first goal this season against Barnsley to secure a 3-1 win in the 85th minute. Current form. The Posh currently sit 10th in the table after winning their opening game against Reading 1-0 away from home before then taking on Charlton on home soil where the game ended also in a 1-0 victory. They then got their third win in a row when they beat Barnsley 3-1 on a Tuesday night. Peterborough found themselves winning on penalties 4-1 in the Carabao Cup first round after drawing one all to League 2 outfit Swindon Town. Peterborough then suffered their first defeat this season when they lost 1-0 to recently promoted Northampton Town in the 90th minute, with that losing streak continuing with a 4-2 defeat against Derby County. So can the Blues push forward into the next round of the Carabao Cup? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Closer look there into Peterborough United um, for the first of, of two times this week. I'm sure we're going to hear pretty much a repeat of that um, particular feature on Friday's edition of the Footblower. Very quickly, Jeff, we mentioned earlier Colby Bishop and the, the lack of goals he's got over the last couple of games. Do you think that maybe he could do with a, a partner up front, whether it's tomorrow or on Saturday, maybe like a Christian Sadie kind of figure? I'll just say, did we not say that last season? He's still scored 20-odd goals. He's got a new attacking 3-4 around him. He's got to get used to their playing styles as much as they've got to get used to how he plays. So, like I said, if it's the same conversation in 10, 12 games, then, you know, there's big worries there. Ten matches time, we're getting you back on the football <laughs> And we will get your assessment of that situation at the time. Right, uh, Barry Clements, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening uh, with us, my friend. It's been a pleasure to have you on, as it always is. Uh, could I please press you for a score prediction? Pompey versus Peterborough, both teams looking to make many changes. Carabao Cup second round, how's this one going? Let's go 1-0 Pompey, why not? We're going to score. 1-0 written all over it. That, that's pretty positive of you we're going to score that'd be nice wouldn't it hey, I'm a very optimistic man <laughs> I love me a League Cup goal lovely stuff thank you very much to Barry Clemenson I actually bought a ticket for tomorrow it's my birthday tomorrow so I'm going to not going to be on air Pompey Live I'm going to take the night off and I nearly bought a ticket for the wrong game Jeff because we're playing Peterborough twice <laughs> and I didn't read which game I was playing. I thought £25 for a cup I might have to might have to put you down for a nomination for a certain yeah award. yeah but £25 for a Carabao Cup game I thought that's a bit much no no I knew something wasn't quite right there um, did get the right ticket in the end Jeff very quickly score prediction please uh, I think it's going to be a really open-ended game. It's going to be free-two. I don't know which team, to but someone. it's going to be free-two. We'll take it. We'll take it at this point. <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much. Pompey Live is back tomorrow. I won't be there, but you will be joined alongside Connor Mosley and the fantastic Henry Deacon. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. It's back-to-back goalless draws for Portsmouth in League One. Portsmouth have drawn 0-0 in League One for the second consecutive Saturday, and they have now gone... 16 games unbeaten in the Football League for the first time in their history. Next up this week, a double dose of Peterborough at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday evening from 7. Be live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Once again, a big, big thank you to both Jeff Harris and Barry Clements for joining us on the Football Hour this evening. Big cheers to everyone who got in touch on the text tweets and the emails and to everyone, of course, who just tuned in to this evening's edition of the show. If you are listening back to tonight's instalment of the Football Hour, thank you very much. And if you are looking to listen back to this evening's edition of the show or any other previous instalment of the Football Hour, you can find 
the podcast on the Apple, Google Podcast websites and Spotify as well. And of course, the Express FM website and the brand new Express FM app. Well, it's a shame Pompey could not be victorious on the weekend of victorious, but hopefully they will get back to winning ways tomorrow evening. Peter United, the visitors to Fratton Park in the second round of the Carabao Cup. I'll be back on Friday night with the next installment of the Football Hour, where we'll be previewing another home thick shirt against Peterborough United in the league on Saturday. But coming up next here on Express FM tonight, Jeff and Ada back with the soft rock show between 7 and 9, which is when Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show right the way through until 11pm this evening. Josh Bowness continues to cover Express Breakfast this week from 6.30 before handing the reins over to Paul Marsh. And Pompey Live, as you've just heard then, back tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. It's a 7.45 kickoff at Fratton Park. But until then, Blues fans, thank you very much for your time. I will see you on Friday night. Take care, have a great week, and play up Pompey. Good night.